to the Light Your Heart with Hope podcast. I'm Erin, and I'm here with my mom, Jill, and today we are talking about the fourth truth to anchor you in healing, which is that we do not heal in isolation. Now, over the last three weeks, we've talked about speaking the truth out loud, choosing your heart, and that labels do not define you. And then coming up, we're talking about letting others be our vision until ours comes back into focus, the truth that we cannot selectively numb, feelings aren't facts, you can't heal in hiding, God loves you and he won't change his mind, and the final one is that you're worth it. Can you explain where these 10 truths came from, Erin? These 10 truths came in the midst of my own healing journey through the process of dealing with depression and anxiety and really just wrestling with God too. And all of these truths came through friends, family, mentors, counselors, people that have really spoken into my life in the midst of the hardest seasons of my life. And all of the 10 truths that we're talking about are so powerful. And when you implement them in your life, they can impact your life in ways that we can't even imagine. And not only can they anchor us in healing, but they can lead to healing. I think that sometimes in the midst of painful and hard situations or illness, mental illness, physical illness, we always want to be healed, right? like permanent healing. But I also think that healing is a process and that God brings us through the process of healing, which is why I think that these things are so important to anchor us in the process of healing. And I just want to say, too, that I talk about these truths in my episode that I did about my own personal mental health journey. And so if you want to go back and hear my mental health story or my mom's mental health story, we both talk about truths that anchor us in healing. And we shared them back in May, and we will be sharing them again at some point. Right. And we both talk about in our mental health journey episode about isolating Mm -hmm. and how detrimental isolation is. And so let's jump into how you can heal when you come out of isolation and, and the impact that isolation has on your life. When we're talking about isolation, I think we're also talking about loneliness. Right. And I remember loneliness leads to isolation. Right. You feel alone you end up isolating. I think it's a double-edged sword. It can go both ways. When we isolate, it leads to loneliness. And also, like you said, in our loneliness, we tend to want to isolate. But I remember seeing on Instagram, his name is Dr. Daniel Amen, and he really has helped our family in so many ways. And I just remember he said something along the lines of that loneliness is equivalent to like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. It was something crazy like that, talking about how detrimental loneliness is to not only our mental health, but our physical health. Right. And if you've ever experienced loneliness, I think you can understand where we're coming from here. I know that in my own life, I've experienced deep loneliness. Even when I've been surrounded by people, I've experienced loneliness. And it's not only hurt me mentally, but physically. And it was that sense of loneliness that really did, like you said, cause me to pull back and isolate from people. And then it was just a cycle of destruction and really causing more pain than healing. Well, and it's interesting, we're using the word isolation and loneliness interchangeably, because I really think they're very much connected. And the Bible has a lot to say about isolation and loneliness and feeling alone. Um, But I came across this list of signs of unhealthy isolation and the effects and what they include, because 
I think it's important to understand that it's okay to be alone sometimes. Yeah. We need time alone. We need time alone with God. Right. So, you know, we're not talking about healthy times of being alone. You know, Jesus had to go off to a secret place and be with his father. Um, but even then, you know, it's not so much that we're alone in those moments right. because we're with God and we're spending time with him. But these are signs of unhealthy isolation, frequently canceling plans with others or finding relief when plans are suddenly canceled. I almost, I feel bad, <laughs> but I could totally, I'm, I'm I wanting totally to laugh to that. because I definitely have experienced this. And I'm not ashamed to say that I have canceled plans and that I've been very happy when plans have canceled. And I just think that was a result of, in a, I was, you know, I was in a dark place and I did not want to be around other people. So the next sign of unhealthy isolation is activities you once enjoyed that include social interaction you now avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, (laughs) we can both probably speak to that one. Number three, you have great anxiety and suffer panic attacks at the thought of social interaction with others. And lastly, you spend most of your time alone or with little or no social contact with others. So these are signs of unhealthy isolation. I wanted to include them in this episode because I think it's important to recognize the difference between just wanting some alone time and unhealthy isolation. I know for a fact that I have experienced unhealthy isolation. Yeah. I mean, I found myself in all of those situations. And I know for me that one of the reasons why I have isolated in the past is because I don't want people to see the truth of how much I'm hurting. Which, oh my goodness, right after you said that, I just read in my notes, many people isolate themselves socially when they feel emotionally numb and aren't willing to share their feelings with others. Mm, And this can happen often after a traumatic event. Right. And two, I think it's hard when you are so in the midst of the pain that it's hard to see the people around you. And this is something we're going to talk about next week is allowing others to be your vision until yours really comes back into focus. Because I think both of these topics really align together because when we're isolated, a lot of times we do that because we can't see beyond our pain. And so we stay in this bubble almost to try to protect ourselves. That's another thing I think is that, you know, when I have been in really painful seasons of life, I tend to isolate to, because I think I'm protecting myself from more pain, more hurt from people hurting me in some way. But the truth is, is I'm only hurting myself by isolating. I also think isolation stems from fear that we are afraid to be around other people because they're not going to be able to relate to what we're going through. And not only that, we don't want to expose what we're going to going through with them. And we're also dealing with fear in the circumstance that we're in, especially depression and anxiety that comes with a load of fear. And so when you're already in a place of being fearful, you're afraid to be around people right? and you don't want them to see you. You don't want them to see what you're going through because at least for me, I, I don't have a poker face. So you can tell, you <laughs> that know, is true. You, you can tell that when I'm not doing well, it's obvious and I can't hide it. Um, nor really should I, because obviously we're going to be talking about the fact that we cannot stay in isolation and how unhealthy and how detrimental that is to our health. And the only way to heal is to come out of isolation. 
I have found myself kind of on the opposite of what you said when you said that you don't have a poker face, which you really don't. But I have found myself many times on the opposite of that, where I have had such a strong poker face that I even convinced myself that I was okay. Hmm. And so I would put myself into these situations and pretend like I had it all together and pretend like everything in life was going perfectly when really I was hurting on the inside. And so there was a season in my life where I actually had to take myself out of those situations where I was just throwing myself into these circumstances where I'm around a ton of people and just pretending like I'm okay. I had to take those moments, like you said, of healthy isolation where I I really protected myself and guarded myself so that I had the opportunity to really just allow myself to go through the process of pain and to really heal as a result of it. I also think that there are different seasons of life where it's important to quote unquote, isolate to guard our mental health. Right. But that only goes to a certain extent. I remember there was a time when I remember saying to my counselor, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm isolating. Like, I don't want to be around these people. I don't think that it's good or wise to be around them right now, but I'm, I'm worried because I know that isolating isn't good for my mental health. And she just reminded me like, Aaron, you need this right now. You're not isolating, you're guarding your space. And I think that Sometimes we get the two confused, but it's important to understand that you need to guard your space as well. Right. And I think it's so important that we're making the distinction in this episode because there are times when you need to guard your heart and when you do need to, I guess, isolate in a positive way. But make no mistake, isolation causes more hurting. Hiding, when you're in hiding and you stay isolated, you will not heal. I believe we need other people to heal. Absolutely. We were never meant to do this life alone. We weren't meant to heal on our own. That's why God brings people into our life. And I think something that I have found that is very vital and very important to say is the fact that we need safe and trustworthy people in our life. Right. It's one thing to not isolate and surround yourself with people that are going to lead to more hurt. It's another thing to not isolate and surround yourself with people that are going to lead to your healing. And that's important when you are in the midst of whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever it is you're going through to surround yourself with safe and trustworthy community because we need community. But when we're talking about isolation, we're not saying like, yeah, get out of isolation and go hang around with the same people that caused you hurt before. We're talking about being around people that are going to lift you up and help bring you out of hiding. I agree 100%. And when I was praying about this episode and thinking about what to share in addition to my own experience with isolation, I thought about the story or the parable that Jesus shared about the lost sheep. Now, I know that that um, pertains to someone who does not know God and that God would choose to leave the 99 to go get the one. But at the same time, I understood that in reference to this episode, in reference to isolation, that God did not want that one to be alone. That one sheep needed to be back with the flock because when that one sheep was away, you open yourself up to danger on every side. You know, that sheep could have been killed by a wolf or whatever. You know, when we stay isolated, when we're out there by ourselves, we open ourselves up to all the enemy's attacks and all the lies and all the danger. And right. so I love thinking about that story in terms of isolation because God would not allow that sheep to be by itself. He went and got the sheep. 
Right. So that number one, the sheep would be with him first and that he would bring that lost sheep back to the flock. I love what you just said about wanting the sheep to be with him first. Yeah. And that is such a powerful truth is that God wants us to be with him first. Amen. And before we go and are around our friends or our mentors or our family or whoever it is, God wants us first and he wants us to find community in him. Right. He wants all of us because he loves us so much. And it's out of his love for us that he doesn't want us to isolate. And, you know, we talked about loneliness at the beginning and God doesn't want us to be alone. No, he wants us to be in community with people. And the truth is, let's just say the truth is that we are never alone. Right. God is always with us. He is going nowhere. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And so I think it's important to say too, that, you know, we are never alone. And I know that there are times when we feel alone, but the truth is that God is always with us. So whether we have people around us or not, we are not alone. Right. So that means we are never truly isolated right. because he is always with us. That makes me think of one of the verses that I love. It's in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And why is that? It's because he is with us. Right. No matter what circumstance we are in. And yet, back to the parable of the lost sheep, he was not, he did not want that sheep to be alone. So, yes, he went to that sheep first. So the sheep was with him first and then back with the flock. And I think it's so important to remember that we need community. And sometimes mm-hmm. that community is one person. Right. Because I remember when I was in a season of isolation and a season of hiding that going through counseling and my counselor telling me that I will be your community until you have a bigger one. And it was so, because I was thinking, oh my goodness, you know, how am I going to go from this place that I am in right now to being surrounded by a lot of people? And I, you know, the jump to that seemed insurmountable and that I wasn't able to do it. And yet she reminded me that she was my community in that season. And she was just that. Even though I was surrounded by family, right? I had you, I had your sister, I had daddy, I had my mom and dad, and just so many people cared about me and were praying for me, but yet I still felt alone. So she was my community during that season. And then my community started to grow as God continued to heal me when I was, you know, as I was coming out of hiding, as I was coming out of isolation, healing came with that as well. Right. Along those lines, I just want to say to whoever's listening that if you don't have a big community, that's okay. We're not talking about having a big community of people to bring you out of isolation. Right. Like you just said, mom, we're talking about the one. Right. That it can just be one person. What we're talking about is just not completely isolating yourself from everyone. It's being honest and upfront with trustworthy people. It's the one person that God brings into your life during a certain season, because we've talked about this before, but just that God brings certain people into our life during certain seasons. And I think that if we are seeking after God and trusting him with the season that we're in, he will bring the people that need to be in our life, even if it's just the one. Amen. One thing about isolation that I also want to add is that when you're in a place of isolation, you will get caught up in your own fears and worries and you Mm. will start to spiral. 
with those. And that is why it's so important, again, to have community, that one person outside of your isolation that can give you perspective. And I know we're going to talk about this more next week um, in that episode, but I can't say enough how important it was for me to have that one, that one person initially, and then it grew to a Bible study. And then it grew to going out to dinner again with a few select friends, you know, so my hurting that led to hiding, that led to isolation. As I started to come out of the isolation, I began to heal and then I began to be in more community. So they all work hand in hand. And so even though it started with just one, it did grow for me and that I was able to be around other people. And I didn't fear um, the unknown of that circumstance or how it would feel. I think really my fear was like, how am I going to feel when I'm with these other people? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be anxious? And so I already kind of started to think that, oh, great, I'm going to be anxious when around people. And so I already set myself up, you know, to walk into that already fearful and anxious, which is ridiculous. That is not what God wants us, you know, to experience. And I just had to continue to go back and remind myself of the truth. And another verse from Isaiah that I thought of when, you know, you were sharing is Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And and that verse, you can, you can, you know, apply this verse to any situation that you're going to walk into. Right. I just want to go back to something that you said about getting caught up in your own fears and worries. Something that I have found in the midst of my own seasons of isolation is that you tend, like you said, to spiral Mm -hmm. and you tend to hear the lies louder. Right. Silence can often magnify the lies. Right. If we are sitting in silence with our own thoughts and if we're not in God's word, if we're not surrounded by trustworthy people who will speak the truth over our life, the lies become really, really loud. And as a result, like you said, we we fear, we worry, and it's in those lies. It's believing the lies. It's believing the fear and living in the fear that causes us to isolate more because then we're afraid to be around those people. And also you had mentioned regarding the community that those people are trusted people Mm -hmm. that can encourage you and build you up. And those people, if they're the right people, they will tell you the truth. So the truth that they're going to tell you are going to counter the lies that you're believing in isolation. So not only is God's word so vital in the midst of going through a season of isolation and hiding the truth that'll come out of the mouths of people that love you. And even those who, you know, are your counselors, that they're speaking the truth over your life out loud so that you can hear it. And so that it diminishes the lies that you're believing. I also just want to add that I think some people think that being connected online Mm. is socializing. You can be isolated and still think you're connecting with other people online through Mm. social media. The truth is, is that a lot of people hide behind their social media. Exactly. And it's It's easy to do that. Right, right. And it can become an excuse to not see people face to face. I mean, my generation really the generation below me, but my generation too, we have become so consumed with our phone. We get the news on our phone. Right. Anything you need to know basically can be found on social media. Right. And because that's the world we live in, but that is not community. No, it's community not. is face to face together. And I think sometimes it's even hard, especially in seasons like we're talking about to pick up the phone and call someone. Right. And it's so much easier to just 
text them or, you know, shoot them a message on Instagram or whatever. But that's not the community we're talking about. No. We're talking about face-to-face community because the truth is, is you can still be isolated on your phone, on social media. And sometimes it's even more isolating. Yes. And I just want to say likes and comments on pictures or posts or whatever is not being in community. It's not. So if that's all that you're doing right now, I encourage you to be mindful of the fact that you might be isolating and that it's hurting you. Again, I want to say, and we said it before, that when we stay in isolation, we stay in hiding and hurting. The more isolation, the more hurt. Right. The more isolation, the more hiding. And neither of these lead to healing. We need other people to heal. And we need God first and foremost. I just want to end speaking to the person that's listening that if you are in a season of isolation right now, that you're not alone. We have been there. We've been in our own seasons of isolation and we have found healing by coming into trusted community. And we just want to encourage you to find people that you can trust, find safe people that you can go to because there is healing when you come out of isolation. And I just want to add to that. If you feel that you do not have that one person, we're here for you. You can message us, you can email Hunter's Hill Foundation, reach out to us that way or through Again, yes, I'm using social media right now, but still, it's a way to at least begin the connection. We will be that just one for you. But know that even if you do not feel as though you have anyone at all, God is with you and he will never leave you. No matter what you're going through right now, he is with you right now. So you are not alone and you never, ever will be. And I love this verse and I just want to end with this verse and then we can um, pray. It's in Romans. It's Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I don't know about you, and I don't know about you, Aaron, but that encourages me that I am never alone. Nothing can ever separate me from God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the words that have been spoken in this episode, specifically the fact that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us, that we are never, ever alone, that you are with us always. Thank you so much that when it feels like we are alone, and when we try to hide, you're right there with us. Lord, we need you and we need other people. You made us for community. So Lord, help us, Lord, to find just one that we can count on and trust. Help us to come out of isolation into community where there is healing and hope. Lord, I trust and believe that in every circumstance we find ourselves in today, that you are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.